Welcome to Watershed. It's really great to see you all here this morning, and we are thankful that there are a number of people joining us um, by live stream, and many more people we know will be watching the video of this service later today and throughout the week. One of the fun things about being part of Watershed is you're part of a community, and part of being, being part of a community is that we carry one another's burdens, we care for each other, and we love each other, and we demonstrate the love of Christ to each other. COVID-19 has given us lots of interesting challenges to face. We've navigated um, many, many months of this, 
And just recently, as you noticed, we came back. We've been strongly encouraging people to wear masks. We know masks are awkward. They're hard to listen to people. They're hard to drink coffee with a mask on and all those kinds of things. And we understand that awkwardness. But we also realize that part of worship is singing. And singing historically has played an important role, not only in the Christian life, but in corporate worship. And the staff, since we began this journey many months ago, continues to go back and reevaluate decisions it has made in light of new information and new research. And so when we think about worship and we think about singing, we'd like to begin to invite you to participate in worship by singing if you are wearing a mask. If you are wearing a mask. If you choose not to wear a mask, then we ask you to continue to refrain from singing because the reality is we don't want to have an awkward conversation with you. And if you sing without a mask, we will have an awkward conversation with you. And um, we want to avoid that. I don't necessarily like those conversations. You don't like them. So out of mutual respect for each other, I'm sure that everyone will honor that. So again, thank you. I trust that being able to sing with a mask on will enhance your participation in worship. And we trust that the Lord will continue to bless us and minister through us to each other. In the name of Christ, thank you very much and welcome. And with that, as we've been doing for the past few months, let's just take a moment here. Let's quiet our hearts. Let's quiet our minds. Maybe close your eyes. Put, let's get our bodies into a receiving kind of position because we're about to receive something from God. He's going to be able to speak to us, and we want to be prepared to listen. So I want to encourage you, do what you got to do to prepare your mind, your heart, your bodies to be engaging uh, with the King of Kings, our mighty God. So let's just take a couple moments of silence. change. I don't want to 
before you the demons run and flee at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell for any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great i am the great Demons run and flee 
At the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great I am, the great. God, you're the great I am. You are the one who is, who was, and who will be. There is no God like you. Lord, this morning we celebrate, we praise you, hallelujah, for what you have done, what you continue to do, and what you will do on behalf of this world, on behalf of us. We have the great gift this morning, God, to celebrate baptism here in this community. We get to celebrate your promises, Lord. We get to hold on to them fast. We get to join with Austin and Callie and little Sam as we hear again of the amazing things you have done in Jesus Christ. Lord, not only do we get to do that here in Watershed, our brothers and sisters in Fusion get to do that as well as Katie makes her profession of faith. Lord, thank you that you are a God of promise and that you keep your promises. Thank you that there is no other like you, that you stand alone, that you stand in love of your people, of this world, and of us. So may we be reminded of your love today in Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. All God's children said, amen. Well, Austin's already up. Callie, if you want to come up this morning, See, I'm, I'm wearing my mask, so I don't spit on little Sam and Austin and Callie, um, but I'd also rather you see their beautiful faces instead of my own. So um, it is great. This is a long time in coming. Uh, we were, I think, scheduled to do this about the Sunday we closed down, mm-hmm. or around there. So, um, But because baptism is a community thing, it's not just an individual thing with God where we receive God's promises. It's something we do in community. We make promises to each other as well in this. uh, Baptism is a time where we remember that we serve a God of promise. That the God we, we follow has made promises in Jesus Christ to continue to bring us to him, draw us into his life, to redeem us, to rescue us. So as we celebrate baptism today, We're reminded that baptism is a sign and a seal. Hey, Sam. Hey, buddy. I know. You got like five months older. (laughs) Baptism is a sign and seal of God's promises to his covenant people. In baptism, God promises by grace alone to forgive our sins, to adopt us into his family, to send his Holy Spirit daily to renew us, and cleanse us, as well as promises to resurrect us to eternal life. The promises is made, this promise is made visible with water this morning. And I got to tell you, this is something unique. They brought some water from the Jordan River uh, to be able to have baptism. Now, there's, there's nothing holy about water. Water, you know, it cleanses us, it purifies us, but it is pretty unique that this comes from the Jordan 
the very uh, source of water that Jesus' baptism uh, was experienced and seen. So in, in this water, we remember that Jesus is the living water, that Jesus is the one who cleanses, who purifies us, and in that is the actual living water for life. So through baptism, Christ calls us to new obedience, to, li- to love and trust God completely, to forsake the evil of the world and live a new and holy life. So Austin and Callie, do you promise to instruct Sam in the truth of God's word, in the way of salvation through Jesus Christ, to pray for him, to teach him to pray, and to train him in Christ's way by your example, through worship and the nurture of the church? If you can say so, please say, we do with God's help. We do with God's help. Hey, bud. Hi. What if I wave? Is that good? Well, <laughs> as we baptize uh, Sam this morning, and we have a book too that will share these words, we use the words from the French liturgy that help kind of give us words for what we're doing this morning. So, Sam, buddy, hey, can I talk to you a second? Yeah, I'm going to read this. Yep. For you, little one. Yeah, you. You, Sam. For you, Jesus Christ came into the world. For you, he lived and died and showed God's love. For you, he entered the darkness of Gethsemane and the horror of Calvary. He went to the cross for you, buddy. For you, he uttered, it is finished. For you, he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. And he, hey, he intercedes for you, I know. All of this was done for you, little one, though you don't know it yet. (laughs) But we'll continue to tell you the good news until it becomes your own. And so the promise of God is fulfilled. We love because God first loved us. So, Samuel, Robert, and Kim, I baptize you in the name of the Father. Great job. In the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Community of faith, brothers and sisters, if you'll stand. As I mentioned, this is something we do in community together. As we make promises, Austin and Callie have made promises to raise Sam in the way of Christ, to tell him the good news over and over again. We make promises as well. So congregation, do you promise to love, encourage, and support these brothers and sisters by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family? In fellowship, prayer, and service, if you can say so, please say, we do with God's help. Awesome. Please stay standing. Normally, we've had family and friends come up, but as we're doing things a little different, we're going to invite you guys to come down. And as everybody's standing, I'd like to ask that you kind of raise your hands up as we surround them, the community of faith, and we pray for Austin, Kelly, and Sam. Let's pray. God, thank you for your rescue in Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have broken down the barrier, the dividing wall, and have restored us to you because of him. Lord, we pray that you would bless Austin and Callie as they raise Sam in the way of the good news, in the way of the gospel, of what Christ has done, of who he is. Lord, we pray that Sam will continue to know that he has been forgiven by you, that He will grow up knowing that he's a part of not just this family, but he's a part of your family. Lord, that he'll know your presence and your power through your spirit, and that he'll trust that he is forever with you from now to eternity. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can do this together. Thank you that we can be a community together formed by you, Jesus. Thank you again for your love and your rescue. It's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. All right. I've got that for you. All right. Now the tone of my voice will change. <laughs> and I'll try not to scream at John. So as we uh, dive in the word this morning, we're in Psalm 84. And I got to admit, Psalm 84, uh, which is a pilgrim psalm. It's a psalm where 
the people would sing this song as they're getting ready to go to the temple in Jerusalem, as they would journey through deserts, they'd journey over mountain passes, they would think about going to be with God. But this psalm, I mean, while that's all great, I'm reminded of a song in the early mid-90s, mid-90s maybe-ish. Zach, help me out a little bit, Matt, I see you quite there too. Better is one day, uh, we're, we'll sing it in a little while. Better is one day in your, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that to Zach and the band. But as we hear these words this morning, they're a song that remind us of, of the fact that God has made us for himself. That God is bringing us into community and there is nothing like being with him. That we were built to long, we long for him, we long to be in relationship with him, we long to be connected to him. So if you will, turn with me to Psalm 84 and let's hear God's word this morning. For the director of music according to, get it, the sons of Korah, so more worship leaders, a song. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even though the sparrow has found a home, even the sparrow has found a home in the swallow, a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which could be understood as the valley of weeping or just the valley of dry ground. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And here's what the psalmist says. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I would rather be there than anywhere else. Forget, forget everything else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather greet you as you come in and spritz your hands, right? For the Lord is a sun and a shield, right? That's the declaration of the psalmist. The Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So every summer, uh, I have a basketball game. Why? Because every summer is my birthday. But in this basketball game, it's me versus gravity. You're like, what? No, see, it's always been my goal to continue to dunk a basketball until I am 40. Well, guess what? This year, I was 40, and we are in motion. Now, I know I only have to jump about a foot off the ground. But this competitor called gravity continues to show me that it is winning. <laughs> it was a lot harder this year to get up and get her done. I do have a video of it if you need more proof. <laughs> right? But gravity is this powerful force, right? It keeps us anchored firmly to the ground. Gravity actually keeps our solar system revolving and spinning around the sun so that we actually can have life on this planet. Gravity is attracted, right, to the center mass that is the sun in our universe. It actually, because of gravity, galaxies are held in place. Gravity is this powerful force, right? It keeps us coming back to the ground. That's what I realize. I don't know how many more years I got in me. I'll keep trying, but it gets harder and harder, and gravity wins over and over. But gravity and its attractional nature, it pulls us back every time. Augustine, who was an early church father, wrote this in his book in the Confessions. He says, you arouse us 
You arouse us, kind of like gravity, it grabs us, it, it, it reaches after us. It, you arouse us so that praising you, you've create us, created us so that praising you brings us joy. Don't we hear that a little bit in Psalm 84 this morning? That praising you, God, coming towards you, it brings us joy. There's no place I'd rather be than with you. Because you have made us and you have drawn us to yourself, right? It's kind of like gravity. I mean, God is much larger and stronger than gravity because he created it, of course. But he's grabbing and he's drawing us to himself. Augustine says this, our heart is unquiet. It is restless until it rests in you. Just like in my basketball game, gravity wins out. God in this life, because he's created us, continues to draw us to himself. Augustine grabs onto this truth and this reality. The Westminster Confession, which comes out of Scotland and England, there are reformed brothers and sisters on the island. They start this confession when they simply say this, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We were created for God. We were created to be with him. That's why the psalmist today says three times, blessed. Blessed to be full of joy, happy to be fortunate, deeply satisfied. We are deeply satisfied when when gravity, the true gravity, that which is God, brings us back to himself. We're willing to travel through any land because to be with God and be in his presence Man, it is worth anything. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Right? That's the first blessed this morning that we hear from our psalmist. Blessed are are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Fortunate, deeply satisfied, happy are those who are with you. It's interesting that it says your dwelling place. How lovely is your dwelling place? In the Hebrew, it's actually plural. How lovely are the places you dwell, Lord God Almighty. For them, they saw the physicality of the temple and they knew God was there. So they wanted to be with God no matter where he was. But then they also stepped forward. We know today that we've been blessed with we are ourselves a temple of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus Christ. So he dwells with us. We know that the heavens are God's home as much as the earth is. Where God is, we want to be. That's what the psalmist is saying. That there's something about this God that that keeps drawing me to him, that makes me long to be with him. Man, even the sparrows have found a home. (laughs) But again, we hear these words, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Right? King of kings, Lord of lords, you're the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, the Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, it even faints for the courts of the Lord. Because that's where the presence of God is. That's where I long to be. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The phrase doesn't mean just that God is alive, but it's the life-giving God. We celebrate that life-giving God as we celebrate baptism this morning. God has brought us life in Christ Jesus. Not only has he created us and he sustains us, but he has rescued us. This is is the God the people experience, they yearn for, and they can say, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's where I want to be. I wonder this morning, What is it about this life-giving, this living, life-giving God that causes you to want to be with him, to praise him, to be in his presence that sets you on pilgrimage as those who would travel to Jerusalem? See, the psalmist tells us a little bit more. Not just that God is this living God and present and, and they knew they could actually be with this God, but that this God brought strength was not only a God of presence, but was a God of power. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. That we know that this God, who is, who is the Lord Almighty, the Lord of armies, is for us, that his strength carries us. And listen to this, as they pass through the valley of Baca, 
that dry valley, a valley of weeping, what happens? They make it a place of springs. Now, does this physically happen? No. But this is taking place spiritually. There's something as people are are encountered with living God, this life-giving God, as they know they're going to be with his presence, the strength of God makes them incredibly fortunate. The presence and power of God makes them deeply satisfied, so much so that this valley of weeping, this valley that is dry, turns into a place that seems like there's springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from what? Strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. It's the power of God, the the strength of God that helps them endure life. They know this deep down inside, even though physically what's going on around them may not seem like it. For them, it doesn't matter because the life-giving, living God, whose presence and power is with them, transforms the circumstances in which they live. I wonder for us, how have you seen God's strength bring life and transform challenging circumstances? How have you experienced that God uh, uh, along the pilgrimage to be with God, to journey through not only to, to be with him, but to journey through life, have experienced the transforming power of God? You see, throughout all the Psalms, these are songs, and these songs were meant to be sung because they're testimonies. They're testimonies not only to ourselves, right? We, we preach the good news to ourselves, but they're also testimonies for the world. So as we answer these questions the, and, and reflect on them, as we hold on to them, guess what? We're seeing the testimony that God has created in us for the sake of the world. They're songs we can tell ourselves and remind ourselves, but they're also songs that we can sing to others. If we've experienced the life-giving, living God, that's a story to share with others. It's a testimony to be heard. If we've experienced the strength and power of God to transform circumstances and situations, guess what? It's a testimony not only to ourselves as we're walking through the valleys of Bacah, but it's a testimony to the world that also was built for God. Deep down in its heart, there's a longing for God. Why? Because this gravitational force that is God is calling the world back to himself. And again, we know that and see that through Christ Jesus, that this God would make his dwelling place not just simply in a temple, but he would come into the world and he would dwell within us through his Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, guess what? There's one more blessed, there's one more thing that keeps us like gravity anchored to the ground, keeps the psalmist anchored. There's one more thing that deeply satisfies in our psalm this morning, and it's the word trust. Blessed, happy is the one who trusts in you. So trust is not only something that, that, that gets experienced now, but trust becomes also something that's forward-looking, right? When we're trusting in God now, we're actually looking forward to him working and acting as well in the future. So it's this both and. And what is it that causes the psalmist to say, Lord, I trust you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Verse 12 says this, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. Right? He's the sun that gives warmth and light that shines in in our lives. I mean, without the sun, we wouldn't have growth. We, we'd freeze to death without the sun, right? This thing that our world spins around. Without that sun, life would cease to exist. God, you are that sun for us. I want to be with you. You are life, but you're also a shield, Lord Almighty, Lord of armies. You're the one who fights for me. You're the one who fights for us. You're the one who has contended, as we know the good news of the gospel, you've contended even with the prince of this world, Satan, the devil who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy, and you have won. You have won that battle, God. So I trust in you. You are a sun and a shield. You bestow favor and honor. You want to talk about favor and honor this morning, look to the waters of baptism. What did we say at the very beginning of our baptism this morning for Sam? God is a God of promise. 
mean, Christ has promised to do what? Forgive our sins. To adopt us into his family. To send his Holy Spirit daily. That the Spirit will never leave that little guy. Right? Sam, the Spirit is with you guys. Woohoo! You're going to need that as parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have a Sam too, like I said earlier. Good name. You know, firstborn Sams. Um, but they, they are handfuls, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. But that Spirit is sent to us to be God's presence daily to renew us and cleanse us. And then what is this favor and honor? That God will resurrect us, what, into his presence, into eternity. We can trust because God is a God not only who gives the promise, but who fulfills the promise. Today, I mean, man, I go back to my baptism. I'm reminded of the good news of what God has done, and I trust. That trust, that strength, that presence carries us through whatever valley we walk to as we journey to the God, not only who has come, but who has journeyed, come to us. I mean, that's the beauty, is we're not just stuck with God somewhere to be found, but God has left the throne, come to us, made his dwelling with us, has pursued us, and in turn, then we pursue him. And man, that's the beauty of life, is when we can find the one who has found us, There is nothing like it. It keeps us anchored firmly to the ground. So what if I can't fly? Because being anchored to the ground, anchored to that firm foundation, that's where life is. And without that God, I am nothing. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. I'm certainly not blameless. To thank God that Christ Jesus was. And that he has gifted us with his blameless life. When we deserved every bit of the punishment he received. Blessed. right? Blessed are we who realize that the presence of God is with us. That we journey towards a God who has already journeyed and made his home with us. As we set out on pilgrimage to meet this living God, happy are we, deeply satisfied are we, despite our circumstances, because his strength will show us that in the middle of what may seem like dry grounds, may seem like valleys where there's weeping, there is actually joy and life in him. Even though, right, that great promise of God, even though, and that we can rely on it. We can trust in him. So what is it about this God that we serve? We know in Christ Jesus. What is it about this God that causes you to continue to trust him, to keep pursuing him? Again, these are our songs. These are our testimonies, not only meant to be sung to ourselves, but sung in this world. That when we see the living God and the world experiences the living God through us, when we experience that and the world experiences that, they join in with the song of the one who has created them, who has pursued them, who draws us to themselves. Are we a people on pilgrimage? Yeah. Pilgrimage to meet the one who desires to meet us. To meet the one who has created us who sustains us, who restores us each and every day and promises to renew us and all things. Praise God for that because this is the sustaining power. This is the true and utter joy that allows us to sing, better is one day, God, better is one day. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Why? Because your spirit is water for my soul. Before we sing those words, let's pray together. God, thank you that you are a God that draws us as gravity draws us to the earth. You're the God that actually draws us to himself. You're the one who created gravity itself. You're the the God that created this earth. God, you are the one who created us. We were made for you, to glorify you, to enjoy you to lift you up and celebrate you and and to bask in your presence. Lord God, thank you 
God, that we get to taste and see your goodness. We pray, Lord, as we think about that taste and seeing of your life and your goodness, Lord, as we know more of of why that is in our lives and we share that, God, that the world will see your goodness. God, as we know more about your strength and your power, God, as we're able to put that story together of, of how you've acted not only on our behalf but on others, Lord, as we watch how you've transformed valleys of dryness, of weeping in our lives and, and, and bring joy, Lord, may those stories not only bring life and joy to us but bring life and joy to others. And finally, Lord, may we continue to trust on you the great promise maker, the great promise keeper. Lord, that we trust in your abilities and your work. We trust that you are good, that you're dependable, that you are the rock on which we can stand. Lord, thank you for how you hold us. Lord, the promises you've made and the promises that will be fulfilled. God, it is your goodness that we just simply celebrate and say thank you for we pray these things again in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Better is one day in your 
It's not just some temple out there, but because of Christ, God has made his home within us. So how lovely is the dwelling places of God. The God who has created us is with us. The life-giving God is present with us, that his power is with us, and we can trust in him. I don't know about you, that's good news. It's worth singing about. It's worth praising God for. Amen. Let's stand and receive this blessing from our God as we go into this world knowing that his presence is with us, his power is with us. We can trust in him. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, his smile upon you, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all God's children said, amen. Again, if you can head out the west doors, uh, go in peace.